This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. On this wonderful feast of Epiphany, what is it about this feast that always grabs our attention as it has grabbed the imaginations of artists and poets over the centuries? I don't know. There's something sort of magical and romantic and and so spiritually uplifting about this feast. I think once again we see a juxtaposition between Herod and someone else. Herod's vision and another way of seeing the world. Ever suspected that as the stories of ordinary politics and family and culture unfold, all the things that we customarily pay attention to, there's actually a real story that's being missed. Do you ever think, as our eyes are fixed on the things that, that we hold to be very important, there's actually someone else whose eyes are fixed on what really matters. Two great stories being told, the story of ordinary things, story of history, story of journalism and current events, and then some deeper, stranger, more compelling story. Which one are we paying attention to? Matthew's account of the visit of the Magi purposely juxtaposes, just as it commences, King Herod and these mysterious Magoi, he calls them, from the east. Magi, we say. Astrologers, astronomers, wise men, kings, different ways of rendering that mysterious word. As I explained last week, Herod was the consummate political survivor. He was a canny realist who had, through threats, murder, corruption, even the killing of his own children, found his way to the top of the political ladder. Now, here's the thing. I'm sure that if there were talk shows and news magazines at the time, they would have been fascinated by Herod and all his machinations. Herod would have had his eyes fixed on power, the maintenance of his power, and all the customary, typical watchers of the time would have identified him and his plans and projects as of supreme importance. They would have been watching every move of King Herod. That's where the action is. Yet, Matthew's telling us, Herod is only a sort of pathetic foil to the real players and the real visionaries. While Herod was fussing around, desperately trying to maintain himself in power, figures from a distant country were blithely indifferent to politics and games of domination. They were intensely surveying the night sky. The night sky, we might say. Come on, you should be watching politics. You should be watching the stage of history, watching the great players like 
Caesar Augustus and Herod of Jerusalem. Watch these people. They could have cared less. The Magi were surveying the night sky for signs of God. Which is why they managed to see at its rising, at its first appearance, a star designating the arrival of a new king in Israel. But see, so much more here than just another political player. That would have caught the attention of cultural and political watchers then as now. Who is this new figure? Who's this rising star? Does he stand a chance of coming to power, etc.? But this star, the Magi, appreciated as something completely different. It was a portent for all peoples, which is why it's way up in the sky where everybody can see it. It was an indication that heaven and earth had come back into proper alignment. That's a very deep biblical theme, that sin has caused a throwing off kilter of the self, of the society, and yes, even of the cosmos. What was the holy temple in Jerusalem but a place where, through the right praise of Israel, the people would come back online, but also the very universe would come back online. Here's what they saw, I think, in that star. And it was their prayerful attention that enabled them to get the secret. Listen, they were looking for the right thing. They were attending to the right story. Even as the superficially interesting stories of culture and politics were going on, they were attending to the right story. And what follows? They had to come and they had to see. Remember that old movie from the 70s, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, when those people were marked by the alien spacecraft and then they felt this inner compulsion they had to go to this mountain this place of encounter when the great mothership would come down these people were marked and they left behind everything they left behind family they left behind their jobs they left behind respectability they lost their reputations but they had to come to that holy place this is something like that I think I mentioned just last week the difficulty of travel in the ancient world, how desperately dangerous it was, how fraught with peril. And yet, these magoi, these magi, set out oblivious to the dangers. Why? Because they're trying to make it in the world? No way. Trying to increase their wealth? No way. Because they're seeking political power, influence? Absolutely not. They're seeking communion, with God, They're seeking to align themselves to this great new alignment of heaven and earth. You know, there might be people listening to me right now who've been away from the faith for a long time, who have immersed themselves in the goods and preoccupations of the secular world, who have found, you know, both success and failure in ordinary things, and who nevertheless feel the pull of Jesus, the fascination with that star, the sense that the alignment of heaven and earth is finally what matters the most. 
Can I stress again, perhaps those listening to me right now, especially those who've been successful in the world, you found wealth and power, influence, achievement. Good. Nothing wrong with that. But you sense, even in and through all that, there's a deeper hunger, a deeper need. Even as you've immersed yourself in the great story of the world, nothing wrong with that. But you're sensing there's a more abiding story being told. There's a more powerful truth being communicated. Well, listen, if that's you, get up right now and follow the star. No matter the cost, no matter the embarrassment, no matter the difficulty, follow the tug of Christ, which is leading you to eternal life and to the things of God. Stop spending all your time and energy on the passing and finally insubstantial affairs of the world. Come to Christ. Now again, friends, don't get me wrong here. I'm not playing an either-or game. Nothing is wrong in themselves with the goods of the world and following the story of the world, but it's not the deepest story. And therefore, our richest energies ought not to be given there. Now, as the Magi cross the border into Herod's country, they come on to the tyrant's radar screen. Who are they? Spies? Probably. Whom are they seeking? He finds out a newborn king. That's about the worst news Herod could hear. Why? It's a rival, and this is treason. See, within Herod's vision of things, Maintaining his little grip on power in this corner of the Roman Empire. This is about the greatest threat you could hear, that a newborn king has arrived. So what does he do? He desperately assembles his own wise men in order to see what the wisdom of Israel is on this point. And he hears from them about a Messiah who would be born in Bethlehem. He's getting nervous now, isn't he? Here are these probably spies coming, seeking out a new king. They're heading toward Bethlehem. And yes, his own wise men now confirm that's where the Messiah is to be born. And so, under the pretense of piety, we hear that a lot, by the way, in the Bible. People will play the game of piety, but just for their own ends. Under this pretense, he calls the Magi to himself and inquires after the star's first appearance. What's he doing here? getting the time coordinates straight. Then he asked them to go to Bethlehem and find the exact locale. With this GPS system, time coordinate, space coordinate, he can find this king. He can stamp him out. This is a typical politico. This is a typical worldly maneuvering going on. So the story is as contemporary as today's newspaper. And you see how it's a story of two very different visions of life. Two very different accounts of what's important to look for. Herod does not welcome the alignment of heaven and earth, for that means that his ways are under judgment. His eyes fixed on that petty corner of the Roman Empire. But the Magi are seeing with spiritual eyes. 
Know, friends, that these two visions are permanently at odds, which is why the Herods of this world, and they are still around, as you well know, will always obstruct. They will always persecute. They will always seek to destroy the Magi of the world. As you're seeking Christ, expect opposition. You'll get it from the Herods of the world. But listen how wonderful. The Magi are overjoyed, it says, at seeing the star. This is the joy for which we human beings were made. Not the petty joys that the world can give, but the deep abiding joy of the alignment of heaven and earth, the incarnation of the word of God. And what's the only proper response to this fact of God's great gift? The only proper response is self-giving on our part. Herod is desperately trying to hang on, to hoard, to have, to maintain. But the Magi, once they've come to the child, they present gifts. Gold because the child's a king. Frankincense because the child is God. Myrrh because the child is destined to be a sacrifice. The best gifts are those that reveal how much the giver understands the receiver. It's not the monetary value that matters so much as this deep connection. Follow this deepest longing of your heart. Follow this star, not Herod's machinations. You'll find joy. And when you find joy, you'll become a giver of gifts. And then that last point I love to reiterate. They went back to their own country by another round. Of course they did. No one comes to Christ. No one gives his life to Christ. And ever goes back the same way he came. Happy Epiphany, and God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Four years in the making, and it's finally here. Our new Catholicism documentary series, book, and study program are now available to order online at catholicismseries.com. Will you help me introduce this epic film series to your parish, school, family, and friends? Catholicism is an unprecedented adventure around the world and deep into the faith. Learn more at catholicismseries.com or call 1-866-928-1237. That's 1-866-928-1237.